Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. Welcome. Welcome to Friday's podcast. This is The Fix. And uh, if you go back any ways with me, we go from broken to whole. It's kind of like if it's not broke, don't fix it. But there's always a part of me that is never completely whole. It's kind of like recovery, right? Recovery is a journey, not a destination. So even though I am more whole or more fixed than I ever have been in my entire life, there's more to fix along the way. And I hope you find that to be true in your recovered life or recovery journey as well. Uh, No matter how you frame or term yourself, I happen to believe in recovery. I'm a big 12-stepper. I'm also a Christian Uh, who believes we become whole, and especially if you're involved with any of the monotheistic religions of the world, there is a completeness, right? Even Maslow's um, uh, hierarchy, right, of living to to get to that point where we can self-actualize, where we become the best version of ourselves we can be, and we move forward accordingly. I have recently become involved with an incredible group of people, uh, Lisa C. and then Elise. Uh, Lisa's in Dallas and uh, Elise is in Seattle. And they're part of the Sober Curator, the SoberCurator.com. You want to go to this website. This group of people is so fixated and determined and directioned on recovery and expanding the recovery community. And to be a part of what they're doing has been very exciting for me on a personal recovery and a social media standpoint. You'll want to be a part of this, especially if you are a podcaster or someone directly involved in recovery, not only as a person of recovery. Go to the Sober Curator, C-U-R-A-T-O-R, thesobercurator.com, Follow, share, and then Sober Pop, which is now a part of the clubhouse scene, and I get to be a part of that um, as well. So uh, be a part of those things. Expand your social media. If you're looking for extra people to help, there are always individuals who are seeking help from others. And if you are of the 12-step realm and you'd like to receive a free daily topic email, uh, you can go to daily emails dot, excuse me, daily AA emails.com daily AA emails.com for more information. They even have a secret Facebook group. And, uh, my, my friend, buddy C, uh, does a, um, uh, a website called uh, transitionsdaily.org. 
forward slash podcast, and you can get a list of other podcasters who are doing a great job in service in the recovery community, Transitions, T-R-A-N-S-I-T-I-O-N-S-D-A-I-L-Y.org forward slash podcast and see what you can find there. Hey, let's get right to today's topic. It is fear versus faith. Some time ago, I did a blog on this, and I want to revisit it in audio format. So we're going to drop it into a podcast today as we jump into the deep end of the pool on recovery. Fear versus faith. They they can often be misconstrued um, and run parallel with each other. However, if we are filled with faith, it's hard to walk in fear. And if we're walking in fear, it's usually because we lack faith. Although there's a fine line between the two of them. Um, If someone has a blind faith where I know faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Even though I can't see certain things, it doesn't mean I'm following blindly, right? I can't see electricity, but I know not to touch that hot wire, right? I know I can't see gravity, but I know if I lean too far forward, I will fall, right? or I can't sit down without a chair being in place, right? So there's certain things that we can't see, but we know that they're there. Fear is, as as Zig Ziglar accomplished it, you know, some people will say it's forget everything or F everything and run. Zig Ziglar years ago, I had heard, and it might've been in See You at the Top or one of his other uh, teachings or motivational talks. If you've never re- listened to Zig Ziglar, Zig has been passed away a number of years, but you can go to zigziglar.com, Z-I-G-L-A-R, and get some incredible inspirational and foundationally instructional material that even though Zig did not come from a recovered standpoint, he came from a God-centered positive mental attitude or PMA perspective where action was required. And so that's all I'll say there. Go to zigziglar.com. But Zig would say that fear is essentially false evidence appearing real, right? And certainly for those of us who are in recovery, who have turned that corner, who are living a different way, we're making different decisions. Uh, You know, in Christianity, you know, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. We are new creatures, right? We are transformed into this new person. And that's what the 12 steps, again, any monotheistic religion of the world, whether you're involved with LDS recovery, Celebrate Recovery, Reformers Unanimous, or the Catholic group, you name it, uh, there is a way of setting aside the old and becoming brand new. That means that I need to set aside my fear and acquire faith. The more faith I acquire, the less fear I walk in. Does that make sense? So, because when we first come into recovery, most all of us have been living in fear for many, 
many years, some to greater degree than others, some longer than others. But most of us have been gripped in many cases by fear. Matter of fact, if it if it was not for fear, we wouldn't feel or know how to act. So for many of us, removing a, a substance, uh, one would think would be sufficient for moving us from fear to a position of faith. So if we're removing the alcohol, the drugs, or the compulsive overeating, or we stop gambling, or we stop going to the strip joints, if we're lustaholics, you name it, stop throwing up, start eating, if we're anorexic, all the different things that we acquire and do, either substance-wise or behavioral-wise, you would think either stop, you know, stop doing that particular thing or ingesting that particular substance would be sufficient, right? I love what Bill Wilson says. He says that we feel a man unthinking who thinks sobriety is enough. So I need to do more than just not drink or just not use or stop gambling or, or what have you. Merely not doing one thing doesn't automatically ensure something else. It really doesn't. It's kind of like um, getting a diagnosis does not cure the problem. So I can go to the dentist and the dentist can determine that I have an abscessed tooth. So he can see what the problem is. But how foolish would I be if I see, hey, thanks, doc. Thanks for the thanks for the diagnosis. Have a nice day. Knowing what the problem is, is not the remedy for curing the problem. Knowing that I walk in fear isn't enough. We have to actively dismiss fear as we are acquiring faith. I was telling a friend the other day, we need to introduce the new to push out the old. I don't have to ask dark to leave. I just have to introduce light. And as light is being introduced, darkness has no choice but to vacate. So let's go ahead and take a look at fear and we'll look at faith and we'll kind of do that side by side. Remember, fear is false evidence appearing real. Fear is usually based on an external reaction or response from our past. Faith is something acquired on our journey moving forward. So according to dictionary.com, fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, or pain. Now, whether the threat is real or imagined, it is a feeling or condition of being afraid. Don't worry about these. Jonathan will make sure these are in the notes at the end of the podcast. Uh, so you can copy them down and print them later, put them on your mirror, what have you. I found this to be very important to me. And, you know, I'm going on 35 years personal recovery. Please don't think for a moment that I don't have to reconcile my fear and set it aside and adopt more faith in a particular area. We all have to for our entire life. Anyone who would dismiss the notion that fear tries to creep in is a person who is in denial about other things as well. So that is the definition of fear. It is also a, 
a specific instance uh, or propensity or frequency for such a feeling, like, like an abnormal fear of heights. Not just for a fear of heights, but abnormal. I, I have a sensitivity to heights, but it doesn't prevent me from climbing a ladder or going to the top of Sears Tower or the Empire State Building and enjoying the spectacular panoramic view. Because even though I have a respect, see, and that's one of the things, having a fear for something is not always a bad thing. I respect fire. I respect a large moving object. Right around the corner from where Laura and I live, we have the tracks that runs up and down from West Valley and the parts of Salt Lake County in the valley here up into downtown Salt Lake. So they have the red lights and the, and the train guard that drops down. I have a fear. I have a respect of that. It's a well-grounded respect and, and, and recognition that that can hurt me. So anytime I see the lights, whether or not I see the arms going down or not, because the arms could be malfunctioning, I see those lights going off, I'm stopping. So, but I don't stop a thousand feet back. I stop at the line where it suggests that I stop. That's the difference between having something abnormal, an abnormal reaction to something I should just be respectfully afraid of. It's also a concern or an anxiety. It, it, it may be um, uh, solicitude, right? Anything that causes a feeling of being afraid. Uh, cancer is a common fear, but that doesn't mean I don't isolate myself, right? People die of lung cancer who have never smoked. I don't understand it, but they do. They die of lung cancer and they've never smoked a cigarette in their life. But as we begin taking the 12 steps or any other program of recovery you happen to be involved with, we begin learning from our related recovery material. And of course, relating to those who have come before us, we start to believe that maybe this recovery thing can work for us. And as we realize that and begin to stop living in the fear of our addiction, uh, but the faith based on what others have been able to accomplish, we begin taking our first steps of faith. I remember doing that in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, I knew that based on the others that I was seeing and the material that I was reading, that I need to stop being afraid of my own shadow. I used to, this is true, early on in my recovery, I was so afraid of what I was capable, how destructive I was capable of being, that if I wasn't at a meeting and in my little studio apartment, after a few months, I could get back to work and actually afford a place to live, didn't have to, to, to sleep on Slow Wheels couch anymore. And they got me a little studio apartment, I think paying 70 bucks a week or whatever it was back then. Uh, and I, I would hide under my covers. And, but I knew every now and then I had to come out from my covers and turn over my cassette tape to, to listen to the other side of the speaker I happened to be listening to at the time. And so as I would start coming out from those covers of fear where I was covering my my own anxiety of understanding how dangerous I was, I began 
exploring faith through the accomplishments of others. Faith is simply defined as a confidence or trust in a person or a thing or faith in another's ability. Isn't that great? In another's ability. And if you know anything about 12-step recovery, again, or any uh, approach to recovery, even the Buddhist network will tell you we have to adopt a belief in some type of power that's greater than ourself. Even if your higher power is nature, obviously the majesticness of a mountain or the power of a tree or the force of the ocean certainly uh, is descriptive of greater power than us, right? Nature's force. And we begin putting our trust and our ability in something uh, like that, that moves us from the fear of waiting for the other shoe to drop to believing that everything is going to work out over time. And understand, because it is faith and we acquire a belief, it is not based on proof. It is not. Not tangible proof. Again, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. You just have to believe. You have to believe that what has occurred with millions upon millions of others who have come before you, that you can have this as well. Matter of fact, when I was chatting with my friend Elise, she has 15 years of consecutive recovery come May 1st. There are so many people who have faith, not in her, but in what they have, she has done even before they have done it because they see Elise as evidence of those things being accomplished and so on and so on. But it's not based on any personal proof. It's based on what they've seen in someone else. So faith is an intangible thing. It's, it's like selling the invisible. Another step of faith is a belief in a higher power. It is a it is a foundational belief and a hoping that the God of your understanding in a particular doctrine or teaching or approach to spirituality can do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And, and that's really why in Alcoholics Anonymous and in certainly the other treatment um, uh, formats and modalities moves you to a belief structure. And again, God bless you if you can do this without a higher power or a power greater than yourself. I'm certainly not trying to paint you in a religious corner, but we have to believe in something or we fall for anything. I can't believe in me because my best thinking got me to the rooms of recovery. So it has to be something greater than me to accomplish the things I could not accomplish on my own. Because quite frankly, on my own, my friends, I was dying. The further I went in my fear, the more close I became to death. Finally, faith is, is, is belief in anything like a, like a code of ethics. 
a standard or, or a conviction. It's, it's an alignment with honesty, with truth, with integrity. Again, you can't see those things, but you know when you're dealing with someone or something that lacks them. Is that, is that correct? Daily, 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 we must renew our commitment to ourself to become well. It says that, again, I'm, I'm the big 12-step guy and I make no apologies. I am a big book thumper. Ask anyone who knows me. Wellness. I can become well. I can have permanent recovery. I can recover from a hopeless state of mind and body. Again, if you have a problem with any of these terminologies or phrases or assertions on my part, your problem is with the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous or other plans of recovery. Not with me. <laughs> Again, don't shoot me. I'm only the piano player, as Elton John would say. I can become weller than the well. I can. It says that we are sure that God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. Free from what? Free from fear. Free from wondering what's going to happen next. I talking to one of my dear friends, Wendy, uh, out of Florida. And God bless her. Wendy is such a, she is a warrior. She is, man, don't mess with Wendy and her recovery because she will harm, she will harm you. She is so serious about her recovery, not serious about herself because she understands rule 62. You know, don't be, uh, don't take yourself too damn seriously, but she takes her recovery seriously. She has battled so hard and found such a great sense of freedom and wellness and growth in her recovery. And she understands that fear is the enemy. We were, we were chatting a few months ago and, and Wendy was wondering if certain things were going to happen or if it was going to be a negative connotation or response. So I said to Wendy, I said, you know what? Remember when we used to wonder if the other shoe was going to drop, right? You know what I'm saying? You've heard that that uh, that cliche before, the other shoe is going to drop. Well, I told Wendy, not only would the other shoe not drop, but there is not even another shoe, let alone one that's going to drop, right? The only reason something negative would be in my life is because I opened the door to negativity or fear. The only reason fear lives or prospers in my life is because I invite it in and I allow it to sit and percolate almost like a Petri dish, right? Or a plant that we stick in water and we and we water it and we, we fertilize it and we give it plant food and then we wonder why it's grown. No reason to wonder why it's grown because I, I replanted it, I watered it, I did everything that was necessary to grow a plant, right? And the opposite is true. If well, the same is true if I if I negate fear, if I reject fear, if I recognize it, right? It's kind of like a name it, claim it, dump it. So when there's something coming in my life, I identify it. I walk through it. Laura's a great source for me to do that. She is my best friend. So we'll talk about some things from time to time, or I'll call my sponsor Will, or I'll reach out to Angie or Susie or Sarah, and I'll say, Hey, this is going on. What do you think? Have you had something similar? Have you walked through it? 
And that way, there's never another shoe. And of course, we learn to trust our higher power. We learn to trust the program of recovery and even others as we do what is called trudge the road to happy destiny. One of the one of the great phrases, if you've never picked up the book as Bill sees it, I invite you to do so. It's a it's a it's a a gathering. A, it's a, a, a compilation of Bill Wilson's co-founder of AA of his writings in various periodicals from the Big Book to the Twelve and Twelve and and so on and so forth things that he wrote over the years in various articles and periodicals. One of the things um, it talks about, about, um, about this slip business, right? And he, and he, and he says about people who would relapse, you know, uh, maybe you're just trying to carry too much of this on your own. And sometimes we do that with, with fear at the end of it all, though, on page 11 of how it works, he says, above all, take it one day at a time. And that's the same thing with fear. Sometimes fear grips us, it overwhelms us. It comes in from many different directions and we need to observe it as so and begin to knock it down. It's kind of like, how do you eat an elephant? I just recently referenced this. Well, you eat an elephant quite simply, one bite at a time. That's the only way it's going to be eaten because sometimes fear can be overwhelming. It can be gripping, especially with those of us who are new to recovery and we have some psychological or psychiatric conditioning that takes some clinical help sometimes. Sometimes it takes um, some psychotropic drugs and some good counseling to work through these things. Some of us come in and, and we realize we were masking some bipolar or depression with alcohol and drugs, right? Trying to mask those things. And so sometimes we need other help to sort of get to the bottom of all of this fear and not just average fear. Because again, every one of us from time to time, we become afraid and we need to identify it. We need to release it uh, in a healthy manner so it doesn't uh, it doesn't uh, hijack what we're doing. Again, nothing's wrong with fear unless that fear keeps me from doing what I ought to be doing. And that's where that unreasonable fear would would come into play. And so fear versus faith. We need to walk in faith as we keep an eye out for fear. In the beginning, fear is predominant. In the beginning, fear grips us. And little by little, the fear is replaced with a confidence in our physical sobriety and our spiritual awakening and our emotional and our mental resurgence uh, as we grow in our personal recovery. And then as the fear dissipates, it will be as a result of faith growing and overshadowing. And instead of living in fear, we're walking by faith. But just because we're walking by faith doesn't negate the fact that I'm still a human being, right? I don't live in this area where nothing 
bad ever happens or I never get confused or I never get afraid. There are times when that's going to be, but that is going to be the exception, not the rule that many people in early recovery live by. So we do this, what I call the exchange theory, where we are exchanging our fear for our faith. It doesn't completely negate fear, but it helps us manage it as it tries to infiltrate us moving forward. So we have fear that's overcome by faith. And as fear tries to creep back in, as we're moving forward on a recovery journey, we name it, we claim it, we dump it, we recognize it for what it is. It's an infiltration into our sanity and our serenity, and we need to unmask it and overcome it. I hope that helps you today. It certainly helps me because I still live in this world. And as a human participant on this planet, I am subject to everything that you are subject to. I am subject to fear, but now I walk in faith. Hey, thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you so much for being a part of this Recovery Guy podcast. Go to recoveryguy.org. Go to your favorite podcast channel for Recovery Guy podcast. Follow me on Instagram, recovery underscore guy. Find me at thesobercurator.com with Lisa and Elise. Let me know what I can do for you. Go to Twitter. Find me on Twitter. Follow me there. Recovery Guy at Recovery Guy 1986. Go to patreon.com forward slash recovery guy to donate a monthly donation to support this mission um, outreach. And then also go to Venmo at Robert hyphen pardon hyphen three, the number three, to give a one time donation. Thank you so much for being a part of what we're trying to do here at Recovery Guy. Blessings to you all. Remember, we got broke apart, but we get well together and whole together. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the Recovery Guy.